0: welcome everybody to episode 56 of the true tech podcast i'm your host Jay mann host of the true tech podcast your favorite tech podcast um so lately it has been pretty busy so i haven't really came to um posting podcasts so it, it has been around two weeks since i posted uh, episode 55 so if you didn't check that episode out go check it out now um also it's going to be a really long episode since i missed so many stories over the past two weeks so just um you know be prepared um before we start the show i'd just like to give a shout out to our merch merch.streamelements.com, where you can help support the show and purchase merch the true tech merch those shirts and cups, cases, hoodies. So go check out the merch. It really helps support the show and helps me keep making these episodes. Um. So we have so many stories for today. So let's just jump right in to our first story. Um, I know it's been quite a while since Samsung did launch do- their Exynos 2100 processor. But um, since I didn't really talk too in depth with Um, the Exynos 2100 I thought it would be a good time to just talk about um, this important leap for Samsung in their processors. So the Exynos 2100 is Samsung's first pretty much flagship chip which kinda compares to the Snapdragon 888 and it as well has an integrated 5G modem and it's the second to be built on a 5 nanometer EUV process. Also, it's the first Exynos chip to get its own launch event, which is really impressive, which probably means that Samsung is just taking more time and effort to actually make their processors better and try to compete with Qualcomm a little bit. And the processor adopts ARM's new high-performance Cortex-X1 core and it runs at up to 2.9GHz which is pretty decent as well it is joining it, it are at 3 A78 cores plus 4 power-efficient A55 cores. Samsung also claims that the CPU is 30% faster in multi-core tasks compared to the Exynos 990. And this is a pretty huge jump for Samsung since it's a 5 nanometer processor, which means it will be more um, efficient with power consumption, as well as the performance will be a lot better compared to its older processors. Samsung always had trouble with their processors and always struggled to keep up with Qualcomm, but I think with this processor, things are gonna be a little different and they're really gonna be able to uh, compute with Qualcomm, and maybe even have a future of um, ditching Qualcomm and using their own processors. And part of the advantage comes from the more advanced process, which can be enhanced performance by 10% at the same power level, or lower power consumption by 20%. And Samsung really has implemented a multi-IP governor to optimize the power usage of the CPU, and the GPU, and the other elements of the chipset. And speaking of this process, this year, both the Exynos 2100 and Snapdragon 888 are fabbed at Samsung's 5nm foundries. This means neither chipset has a process-related advantage, and I'm going to compare the two chips um, pretty soon, so stay tuned. So, the GPU uses the new Mali-878 design with the 14 cores. Um the company also claims a 40% p- performance boost and the Tricore NPU uses a new architecture and reaches 26 TOPS. Funnily enough, Qualcomm also claims 26 TOPS for its Snapdragon, which is just making this like a fair comparison. And the new design doubles the power efficiency compared to previous generations. And the new image signal processor on the Exynos 2100 supports cameras with sensors up to 200 megapixels, which is really going to help with Samsung leading their way with the megapixel counts on their phones. Better yet, it can be connected to six individual sensors and process data from four of them simultaneously. Um, The multi-camera and frame processor can fuse image data from multiple cameras for better quality zoom and ultra-wide shots, which is going to help for all these global phones um, with the Exynos 2100. And there are now this integrated 5G modem, which I mentioned before, which will basically have faster 5G speeds and just be able to pick up 5G speeds when you're for example behind a tree or behind a building so 5g speeds will get a lot better um, depending where you are so this kind of upgrade is pretty necessary and it's pretty fun so the main reason i am even talking about this processor is because how important it is to the global market so in the us samsung has their qualcomm snapdragon processors Um, inside their Galaxy devices but it's kind of different for global phones since um, Samsung puts their own Exynos processors in those global phones so it really matters how powerful these processors are and are really going to affect the people that are not in the U.S. and in the past the main reason we really don't talk about Samsung's processors are because they're not um, that powerful considering that they don't have the same kind of CPU and GPU performance as well as powerful fo- power efficiency that the Qualcomm Snapdragon series chipsets have had um, in the past, which is why Samsung really couldn't compete with Qualcomm's processors. But really now I think they can and I really think that in the future, Samsung can kind of pressure Qualcomm from this uh, no competition place because right now Qualcomm really doesn't have any competition in the processor market, and I think Qualcomm should be pretty worried about this, considering that this processor is pretty powerful. Um, so our next story for today is actually the Xiaomi Mi Eleven. This phone came out, well, it rolls out soon, but um, this phone got announced on December twenty eighth on their event, and. I think this phone is kind of special considering that it has so many of these premium features at a reasonable price. So, after months of speculation, the Xiaomi Mi 11 is here. And, you know, it's just been a lot of time since um, the Xiaomi Mi 11 has been leaked and rumors about this phone. Um, the Xiaomi Mi 11 launch was in China on December 28th. And that's how we figured this out. Um, and it was a few days after Christmas. Uh, we now know what the phone looks like and its specs, but there's probably going to be a global launch in the coming months where we see the worldwide price and availability. However, right now it is just limited to China. And considering that Xiaomi launched this on December, it's kind of a bit early since most of these xiaomi phones have been launched around february but then again samsung has also been doing this a little early for some weird reason that we're not sure of and we haven't heard anything about the rumored xiaomi mi 11 pro or even the mi 11 lite so there's more we have to find out about the series of the xiaomi mi 11 series but the main phone has been unveiled and we've got a lot of information that you might want to know so the Xiaomi Mi 11 is kind of like their mid-range phone in their lineup um, and it's the main phone so this phone has uh, 8 gigs of RAM 20 128 gigs of storage and the Mi 11 costs uh, $610 um, in China right now and the eight gigs and 256 gigs of storage version costs $660. And the top configuration, 12 gigs of RAM and 256 gigs of storage costs um, around $720. And just keep in mind that all these phones uh, can't be bought and purchased in the US right now or global, but these prices are just converted from um chinese yuans uh into american dollars because they're only sold in china at the current moment um but xiaomi did say that they're gonna be uh releasing this phone to global so i'd be pretty excited so the xiaomi mi 11 international launch is scheduled for february 8 um at 12 pm and this is, this is going to be a kind of a pretty big step forward since um, Xiaomi phones, not all of them have been able to be on the whole US market as well as global. They've mostly just been in China um, and India, but it's kind of exciting to see them you know, take a little bit step forward and give their phones um, to the global market. So the Mi 11 design kind of builds on the Mi 10 and it looks pretty um, similar on the front with a punch hole cut out in the top left corner of the screen for the front facing camera. However, that screen doesn't just curve on the left and right edges as the Mi 10 did, but on all four sides. So the upper and lower edges taper too. And it's kind of a personal preference if you like it or not, but I think it looks pretty cool. And the other big design change from the Mi 10 to the Mi 11 is this kind of interesting camera bump. So instead of having a slim vertical design, there's kind of a squarish lump here, which looks to be stepped with each lens set a different distance from the block, which I think gives it a cool effect. Um, if you didn't see the design of this phone, I'll leave uh, a link to a picture of this phone down in the description below. And The phone comes in black, white, and pale blue colors, as well as a two leather editions purple and khaki. There's no word on if this is real leather or um, fake leather made from synthetic materials. Xiaomi states that the Mi 11 screen resolution is 2K, which likely means that the resolution is about 1440 to um, 3200 depending on the aspect ratio. It's an AMOLED panel with a 120hz refresh rate and a 240hz touch input rate. And this is a really incredible screen for this kind of $600 um, price range and it's among the best of uh, panel that you could get. And I forgot to mention this panel is also AMOLED which just makes it even better. Um, for the nits of this display, the maximum is between 500 nits to 1,000 nits, um, but the max brightness of this phone is 1,500 nits, which is pretty high, and is the same for the Galaxy S21 series. Um, the, the screen of this phone is 6.8 inches, which is pretty big, but around what the huge, the largest phones you can find are right now. And a big part of the Xiaomi Mi 11 marketing material revolves around it using Corning Gorilla Glass Victus for front and back. And Corning makes the glass used in many smartphone bodies and displays and Victus is the newest version which seems designed to be incredibly hard and resistant to smashing and scratching. So the Xiaomi Mi 11 has 3 rear cameras, one fewer than its predecessor though quality beats our quantity so there is a 108 megapixel main camera which is very impressive as well as a 13 megapixel ultra wide camera a 5 megapixel telephoto macro and the latter of which is designed for both zooms and close-up shots um, which is pretty impressive. The first two snappers match the Mi 10, the third snapper is the big improvement. The Mi 10 had a 2 megapixel macro, 2 megapixel depth sensing snapper, which we found ourselves discrediting in our full review, Um, but their low functionality and resolution kind of makes up for losing a camera. Um, But perhaps the Mi 11's 5 megapixel snapper will fix that, Um, and it does bring the ability to zoom optically, which is really important and was missing in the Mi 10 and there's this new intriguing new video mode where it's night videography and it's kind of a cool feature because no other smartphone really have this feature and it kind of is night mode but in video so let me just explain how this works So when you start recording a video, it's kind of dark, especially in dark environments. However, if you turn on this video mode, it'll get brighter, but you will lose a little bit of quality. But I think that brightness um, is a good sacrifice for um, the quality because you can see a lot more compared to just a regular video shooting. So I think this feature is pretty cool and it's not really a gimmick so the xiaomi mi 11 is the first launched smartphone with the qualcomm snapdragon 888 um but the snap the samsung galaxy s21 um also has that and it came later on and intriguingly the mi 11 has been officially certified by um B-O-I-N-C, which is the Berkeley Open Infrastructure for Network Computing, a volunteer company computing scheme by which you can temporarily donate the processing power of your smartphone to help scientists. And it's not too clear what this certification really means, but the program's founder, David Anderson, spoke at the Mi 11 launch to deliver the news. And another more understandable tie-in here here is that the Xiaomi Mi 11's dual speakers were tuned by Harman Kardon which is a really popular audio brand and it sounds so good especially since this is just a really high quality audio uh, company and HK also uses tuning for many other Samsung phones and this is pretty nice And as well as impressive speakers, the Xiaomi Mi 11 may be a music fan's dream phone because it comes with a feature called Bluetooth audio sharing. This means audio can play from both Bluetooth connected outputs, speakers and headphones at once so two people can listen to music or watch a movie on the same phone from two different pairs of headphones which I find really cool. And Apple does this kind of similar with the AirPods um and the airpod sharing so you're basically able to have two streams of bluetooth connection on a ios phone which i find to be pretty cool okay so the xiaomi mi 11 will be coming with mi UI 12.5 based on android 11 and it brings some minor tweaks to mi UI 12 including new wallpapers security improvements and seemingly improvements to the user interface which will make it easier to use Um, and also makes use of the dual speakers. So let's talk about the battery life. The Xiaomi Mi 11 battery size is 4,600 milliamp hours, which is okay because at this size, it can be getting around 5,000 milliamp hours, but 4,600 milliamp hours will last you quite a while. So nothing to complain here, but um, there is also a 55 watt wired and 55 watt wireless charging that is capable on this xiaomi mi 11 um like the iphone 12 the xiaomi mi 11 doesn't come with a charger in the box however um this is something apple doesn't do they give you an option to add it in to the phone for no additional cost which is just pretty mind-blowing since apple didn't do this and i'm surprised xiaomi um did this so props to them. But basically that is the Xiaomi Mi 11 device and if you can grab it at a price of around $600-$700, I'd say give it a go because this phone has an amazing screen, improved camera system, amazing speakers, and just a premium kind of feel to the phone. For $600-$700, if you can get it at that price, it's an amazing phone. But if you can't get it at this price and it's too high i'd say either wait for the xiaomi mi 11 pro or just get the samsung galaxy s21 ultra phones you know those phones have a lot more features and the cameras are a lot better compared to this phone so it really just depends on what price you can get this phone at or whether you like ios or android but this is an incredible phone especially if you can get it at the 600 to 700 dollar price range so, I want to talk about um, kind of the stock market because there has been a lot of news about how GameStop really just surged because of the R slash Wall Street bets on Reddit. But there are just three things to remember as you watch the chaos of this GameStop's stock price. First, Wall Street is just what happens. When you mix money with feelings, and that's basically what this is about. And if you haven't been paying attention, GameStop's stock has been soaring in a remarkably volatile fashion. As well as AMC and Nokia, just these companies that we didn't think were going to do good. They just boomed up like crazy. And this happened on January 22nd so gamestop zooms upwards 69 percent before it triggered a circuit breaker halt the following monday january 25th gamestop trading was halted nine times on the surface this doesn't really make sense gamestop founded a year before blockbuster is part of a dwindling cohort of irl businesses that are being starved by online marketplaces like the app store and um the ps5 and xbox series x being almost all digital and these days you can just buy video games on the internet and gamestop's business has really just been suffering as a result currently many people are at home and bored and uh the interest of day trading really has shot through the roof there is a reddit forum for this r slash wall street bets which basically describes itself as being like 4chan found a bloomberg terminal so a year ago a user called um d argued that gamestop was underpriced by the market for a while the idea that r slash wall street bets would take over gamestop was kind of a joke but then things kind of changed, and it kind of turned around and it was pretty serious The idea was to punish short sellers for the little guys to pummel wall street and if you think gamestop will fail and the stock will go down or even that the company will go bankrupt there's a way to make money on that typically this is done by short selling a practice where you borrow shares for a fee and sell them for ideally a higher price then buy them back at a lower price to return them this can make you a hell lot of money, especially if the company goes bankrupt and you don't have to even return the stock. The thing about short selling though is you do lose money if the stock goes up and your losses are potentially infinite if the stock keeps going up. So there are several other bad things that can also happen such as an increase in fees or the original investor wanting their stock back. So this basically just means that the shorts will be forced to cover or buy the stock back at a high price, which sends the price even higher. And right now, more people are betting against GameStop than betting it will succeed. Shorting interest is 71.2 million shares, while GameStop has only 69.7 million shares outstanding, Matt Levine of Bloomberg points out. So some people will notice that kind of thing and think... Hmm, this kind of stock is primed for a short squeeze. Basically, because so many people are short, it may be possible to trigger a chain reaction where you buy enough stock to send the price up, forcing some shorts to cover, sending the price up further, forcing more shorts to cover, and it'll just keep going higher. For the retail investors, this process has gotten easier and cheaper because of apps such as Robinhood and in addition to letting you buy and sell stock, you can easily buy an option for stock instead of the stock itself. If you are feeling confident in a stock, you can buy a call option, which lets you buy a stock at a specific price on a specific date. Let's say my fake investing firm wants to buy a call option on Company X. So currently shares of company X are trading at $10. I feel confident in company X, so I buy options that let me buy 100 shares of company X stock for $25 a share on March 1st. This contract is usually cheaper than the share price. So, this is kind of a big story and kind of big for um just GameStop and uh people investing because this is pretty big news and it really just disrupted and made the whole stock market kind of weird and this usually doesn't happen so this is like a once in a scenario type of thing but i really just find this interesting how um this was able to happen but right now Robinhood has banned trading um GameStop as well as some other stocks Alright, let's move on to our next story, and it's about iOS 14.4. And this is also a pretty major story, and basically iOS 14.4 is available to the public right now, and has been since January 27th, um, and is introducing some notable new bug fixes and feature tweaks. So this update is kind of a big deal to a lot of people who are worried about security and other bug fixes. So it's important to update to iOS 14.4 on all of your devices as soon as possible because the software includes fixes for three major security vulnerabilities Apple says might have been used in the wild. And if you don't want your phone to be hacked, I would download this right away and the battery life is pretty similar so there's not really a major difference in battery and just expect it to be the same. So there are support for smaller QR codes which is going to basically help you um, scan smaller QR codes when you're shopping for example or just looking at a product. Also there's Bluetooth device settings which is able um, to let you change the device type. Let's say you're connecting to the Sony WH-1000XM4s and you connected it to your iPhone it might think it's a speaker or something else but you can just change it to for example there's car stereo option, headphone option, hearing aid, speaker option or other Um, so you would just change it to headphone and it'll basically um, use this information to make the most out of uh, this Bluetooth device so this feature is kinda cool and helps with Bluetooth devices Also, there's camera authenticity warnings. If you get an iPhone 12, 12 mini, 12 Pro, or even the iPhone 12 Pro Max repaired and the repair person uses a non-genuine Apple camera or a camera recycled by another iPhone 12 model, Apple will now send notifications saying that this is not a verified camera. And it's kind of nice to know this kind of stuff because you want to know if you're getting ripped off or not, but for other people, this might be kind of bad news for them also like i mentioned there are some bug fixes and this is one of the most important things in 14.4 um, is basically the bug fixes and security um, updates that apple is bringing to ios 14.4 so first of all there are some iphone 12 pro image artifacts so there are share photos that have been taken by some iPhone 12 Pro models and could have visible image artifacts, a bug that should now be fixed. And there's a fitness widget. So for some users, the fitness widget was not displaying updated activity data. So this is a problem because it wouldn't update on the current time and would just show previous data that happened like an hour ago or so. And there was also a bug that could cause typing to be delayed and word suggestions not to appear in the keyboard. And that has been fixed, which should be a relief to the users that have had this problem for quite some time. And um, we all know that there has been a bug with the latency and the lagginess of the keyboard when typing on it in um, specific applications. And that should have been fixed too. And, for some audio stories, if you're playing it on the CarPlay News app, it wouldn't be resumed after um, spoken directions for Siri, so that has been addressed. And the last one, turning on the switch control feature in accessibility should prevent phone calls from being answered from the lock screen. And that is also fixed. Um, so there's, a, th- there's this new feature called Time to Walk that comes with Apple Watch that are running 7.3. So that should be um, on the Apple Fitness Plus uh, subscription. If you have Apple Fitness Plus, you'll see this new thing called Time to Walk. And basically what this is, is that um, Time to Walk offers audio stories from music artists, athletes, and other influential people that Apple Watch owners and Apple Plus subscribers can listen to while walking. For example, there's Shawn Mendes, he's on there. Um, and each episode is around 25 to 40 minutes long And you just walk while listening to the, to these people So it's kind of, I guess, um, entertaining As well as just motivating And that was basically it for 14.4 There wasn't really much other than that But that practically covers everything So I also wanted to talk about Um, Carl Pei's new company, Um, if you didn't know, Carl Pei was the CEO for OnePlus, but um, he didn't really like the direction that OnePlus was going in, so he left the company and recently just started this company called Nothing. So it's kind of a weird name, and you might be kind of questioning why you would name your company Nothing, but there is some thought into um, naming his company Nothing. So he describes it as a London-based consumer technology company and counts the likes of iPod inventor Tony Fidel, Twitch co-founder Kevin Lin, Reddit CEO Steve Huffman, and YouTuber Casey Neistat as investors. So it's kind of a big launch and it plans to release its first smart devices in the half first half of this year. So Nothing's mission, according to Carl Pei, is to remove barriers between people and technology to create a seamless digital future. Um, So he also said that we believe that the best technology is beautiful, yet natural and intuitive to use. When sufficiently advanced, it should fade into the background and feel like nothing. So that's basically why he named this company Nothing and his thought into what this company is really about. Um, what's a little bit unclear at the moment is exactly what products Nothing plans to release, but in an interview with The Verge, um, on their announcement, Carl uh, Pei declined to offer specific details on what form Nothing's first brand devices will take. He also declined to say which companies Nothing plans to compete with. But, however, Carl Pei does confirm, however, that Nothing plans to release products across multiple categories with the event- uh, eventual aim of building up an ecosystem of devices. Um, Carl Pay also said, right now the team is being built, so we want to focus on simpler categories, but as our team gains compatib- ca- capabilities and skills, we want to start moving up. During Carl Pay's tenure at um, OnePlus, the company released everything from smartphones to headphones and even TVs. And last year, uh, Pay's new company uh, probably will focus on music and might include manufacturing headphones. Um, so basically, the rumors are just saying that nothing will be kind of a audio company, but we're not too sure about that. And, you know, nothing would be a really cool business if it does get really good products. But right now, the hype is there, and a lot of people are excited for what is about to come from this company, nothing. All right, for our next story, I, w- I want to talk about Model S, Tesla's new Model S, because this is a really popular story and there's a lot of hype behind it and a lot of questioning. So um, Tesla's de- redesigned Model S and Model X will have a very um, different and unique kind of design. It will have automatic shifting between park, reverse, natural, and drive, and there will be an option to change drive modes on the touchscreen, but CEO Elon Musk had made the case for automatic shifting on Twitter late Wednesday night. And this is just really, really buzzing and a lot of people have been talking about this automatic shifting and really if this is reliable and if it can really detect if you want to go forward or not. So. It's really controversial on your opinion. Um, According to Musk, he tweeted, car guesses drive direction based on what uh, obstacles it sees, context, and navigation map. Um, So my thoughts on this... I really don't think that the car would do such a great job at doing this, but I'm kind of worried about how many accidents there might be with this feature because technology always doesn't always know what you want to do and what you want to switch to at um, the time. And having the buttons on the touchscreen is not always going to be as useful as actually having the shifter on physical. So. That's just one example, and we've asked Tesla for more, um, though the company reportedly no longer has a PR department and has not responded to questions. So we're just going to have to wait and see for the car ourselves. The general idea behind the decision fits into the larger Silicon Valley ethos that Tesla subscribed to, though of eliminating friction. The consequences of trying to automate PRND won't be clear until people start taking deliveries of these new cars, which is supposed to happen in a matter of weeks. So, just stay tuned. Automakers have tinkered with the look and location of drive mode selectors for years enabled by the rise of automatic transit transmissions and the ability to change modes via software. But a lot of these companies haven't been too successful and I'm kind of worried for Tesla and what they do. But Tesla has always just been removing stuff and just making things more seamless and that's just what they do but we're just gonna have to wait it out and see if this is really the right move for Tesla and also some other things to note about this car is there's kind of they simplified the categories of this car into three categories there's a long range which I believe is around gives you around a range of 420 miles and then there's a Plaid, which gives you a little less, around 400, and then there's a Plaid Plus, which has around, uh, 520 miles of range, which is really good, but, um, yeah, these cars are really exciting, but, uh, I really don't know about how the automatic shifting would be, um, and it's kind of scaring me a little bit, thinking about this, and the car, the phone the car crash that you might get when driving this vehicle all right let's move on to our next story and it's about the sony xperia pro and you know sony phones have been pretty good lately but they have not been too popular because of the niche category this phone really aims for and this is a two thousand five hundred dollar phone which is practically a really pro phone And this phone is kind of aimed towards creators and people who use cameras, and basically Sony is kind of um, marketing this phone as a monitor for your camera, and it kind of seems pretty cool, but when you think about it, it could be a little weird, and um, Sony, the price of $2,500 is a a little bit pricey, and I, I don't know something about this phone just tells me that it's not going to do too well, but the camera capability on this phone is pretty good. Um, the screen is the same 4K, has the same 865 processor as its predecessor. Um, it has this kind of a similar body, however, this one has kind of a plasticky body, but it's, it's pretty rugged. Um, you know, the cameras are the same, but the main difference is maybe the body of the phone as well as um, a button uh, on the phone to have uh, your own kind of controls and what you want that button to do and it has a kind of a weirder design on the bottom of the phone which is basically a USB-C on the right hand side of the phone as well as a mini HDMI port so you can connect your phone to your camera to act as a monitor and this is pretty cool but there are some limits to this being your monitor first of all it doesn't take up the whole real estate of the phone so you're only gonna see the um, quality of what you're taking through a small portion of the phone as well as it's not touch screen so this can be a problem when trying to focus in on things but you can't really tap on the screen so you're gonna probably have some autofocus issues so you know It could be a gimmick whether you want to use this phone as a camera monitor but for $2500 i'm not really sure if you want to pick this up but unless you're that really specific creator that really wants this kind of feature for a monitor i would say get it then but otherwise i'd go for something more mainstream like samsung's galaxy s21 ultra or even apple's iphone 12 pro series or 12 series all right let's move on to our next story and it's about facebook reportedly um, considering hitting Apple with the antitrust suit law. And this is kind of, you know, scary for Apple because Samsung could actually win this. Um, and they're reporting that Apple is kind of abusing its power through its app store rules. And they kind of want to team up with um, Epic Games with Tim Sweeney and uh, hit Apple with this antitrust uh, suit. So the companies have been engaged in a public feud over upcoming privacy changes to the iphone makers mobile operating system ios and would feature would require people to opt into apps collecting their data instead of needing them to opt out and we all know that facebook which makes the most of its money from ads views apple's changes as an attack on personalized advertising facebook didn't confirm plans to file suit but affirmed its stance on Apple's power over the App Store in an emailed statement. So, a company spokesperson said from Facebook, As we have said repeatedly, we believe Apple is behaving anti-competitively by using their control of the App Store to benefit their bottom line at the expense of app developers and small businesses. And I don't know why Facebook is saying these things about small businesses and this little app developers because they're such a huge company and I'm sure Facebook isn't really doing this out of their own benefit however I think they just want to make a case about Apple and even make a little extra money but I really don't think Facebook is suffering too much from this Um, I just think they're being a little greedy and trying to take more money from um, advertisers So as Facebook reported in its fourth quarter earnings on Wednesday, CEO CEO Mark Zuckerberg acknowledged in a post that the company sees Apple as one of its biggest competitors, which is why they kind of want to hit them with the antitrust. But iOS 14 changes has really brought a lot of more privacy stuff and really concerns Facebook and a lot of people, a lot of the app developers that do use these advertising things and kind of impacts their overall growth and uh, the amount of money they make all right let's move on to our last story and this one's kind of different from all the other stories but it's about xiaomi's new air charge technology that works over several meters so xiaomi has announced Mi air charge technology which is a wireless charging system that the company claims is able to charge devices within a radius of several meters and charges them at five watts at a time according to xiaomi And Xiaomi says that this technology will also work with smartwatches and fitness um, bracelets. However, um, you can't charge over a certain amount of devices at once. But um, what is is cool about this is that you can actually um, charge it through objects. So if you have it through a wall, it will still charge. Um, But this kind of is a cool concept, but I'm not sure if Xiaomi would be able to pull this one off. Because this kind of air charge is pretty hard, um, so you should kind of be skeptical skeptical of the prospects of this technology making it to the market until evidence suggests otherwise. Um, this is kind of scary for the health reasons because of the radiation. And just think about having this uh, wired air charge kind of wireless charger around your house and stepping near it kind of can um, scare. People a little bit because of the radiation being generated from this device Um, there are a lot of limitations with this too because you need a device that has a lot of antennas at least 14 antennas as well as a specific kind of wireless charger and this kind of narrows it down to only Xiaomi devices which I mean it's kind of smart but you can't use other devices like iPhones Um, but you could use like Xiaomi's Mi 11 and So, basically, Xiaomi said that it uses the antennas and pinpoints the exact location where your phone's wireless charger or any device that you're wirelessly charging. Um, It sends a signal to it and sends a beam of wireless charging all the way from the plastic of the wireless charger all the way to your phone. And uh, it uses the 14 antennas, which is necessary to use if you want to do the air charge. Um... What I think about this, I think it's pretty cool, but I'm kind of worried about the health and the downsides to this, but it's a really cool kind of concept and device if they're able to make this. However, I'm just really worried about the health side of things. But if you like this product, just, you know, let me down in, let me know in one of the reviews on Apple Podcasts, maybe even Spotify, just let me know how and what you think about this wireless charger, and, you know, let me know how I'm doing with this podcast. Um, But that was all the stories. If you have enjoyed, just consider subscribing and listening to previous episodes. Uh, I really appreciate the support, and don't forget to check out the merch, merch.streamelements.com slash Jalen Mann. That will really help support the show and help me keep making these episodes. Um, But that's been it for this episode. Thanks for listening and stay safe. Peace.